Recording. Recording. Three, two, one. Welcome to Match Weekly. This is Richie. This is Peter. And man, oh man, as I sit and look at my notes, I can't help but read this lovely saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten manager. That whoever believeth in him should not be relegated, but have everlasting Premier League football. Mr. 316, Sean Deitch, welcome to Everton, as he saves me from another nightmare season. Um, and we look upon the barren wasteland past Finch Farm to the craziness that is the January transfer window. Uh, an amazing swap of players and lovely little drama bits uh, nestled throughout. And we cover Ligue 1, La Liga, Bundesliga, and Serie A as England goes for the cuppies. Little, little cups. Little cup stuff. Peter, anti-cups. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> Hot topic. Cup? Transfer window was nuts. <laughs> I'm like reading it now because I thought I saw something... Over the weekend, or like over the past couple of days, of mm-hmm. Chelsea's spending in particular. Oh yeah, because oh, I think I'm, I'm glad you started with this. <laughs> I think that I saw something like Chelsea alone spent more than like the entirety of Serie A and La Liga and the Bundesliga, or something like that. Um, I know for they spent more than Serie A for sure. They spent almost 300 million pounds in January oh. alone. Oh, Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They did a number. They did a number. Yeah. I mean, most of it was two players. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Daddy Todd was splashing. <laughs> splashing so cash. So crazy. I mean, like, you know, people look at this in two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Their total spend was more than League, uh, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and the championship combined wild they're one that that's one team yeah um people look at this in different ways um you know oh todd Bowley's ruining the sport i fucking hate this notion that the american owner is starting this big spending because it's happened <laughs> he's the first to do it he's not the first to do it and he's not ruining not the sport like uh, whatever i don't care the, the bias is so <laughs> strong but whatever it's cr- oh. some of these transfers are nuts. I mean, just Chelsea alone having two hundred million pound transfers is obscene. Um, then you have like, you know, the 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 more fun ones in my opinion, with like John Joe going to not, uh, Nottingham I mean. Forest, Hector Bellerin <sighs> going to um, Sporting CP after Arsenal let him go for free. Oh, oh, Doherty, Doherty going from getting let go from Tottenham just to go to Atletico Madrid. Me and my manager were talking about this today. I don't understand why teams (laughs) do this. I don't understand why they're like, yeah, we'll cut you at a loss for free so that another huge club could pick you up. It doesn't make sense. It always seems Um, to happen in the uh, Spanish League, too. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's like... um, each league, it seems, just has their own 
culture in the transfer windows. Like there's just more common threads. Like yeah, with Spain, there's the the ending of a contract just to dip somewhere else or acquire them that way. Um, I always think about Serie A and like the partial ownership of players. That really throws me for a loop because I you don't hear that often anywhere else. Um, and then with you know the Bundesliga, it always to me at least it always seemed like it was very pro selling to your rivals weirdly like so there, yeah there's no there's no not a lot of backflash uh from more than just maybe the fans that really liked the player um it just seems so common uh versus other places like i i mean you know everton liverpool swapping i don't remember the last time it's uh it's truly happened <laughs> so um I mean, it does happen when it does. I mean, they, they complained about Aubameyang, Arsenal to Chelsea. Was now it? We have Jorginho, Chelsea it wasn't to really Arsenal, Arsenal, but then Arsenal it's still to not. It was Arsenal to Barcelona to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, there was the immediate, like, him going the whole all blue thing and neglecting Arsenal that kind of added it, I guess. Yeah. Um, Jorginho being the more straightforward one, but no, I think Chelsea fans were happy to get rid, <laughs> rid of him. It's like, funny. It is very funny. Yeah, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's those different cultures in the transfer window that are just wild. So um, wild. But yeah, you bring up the co-ownerships in Serie A. Um, you know, I've said it enough. I've been a Serie A fan for pretty much my entire soccer-enjoying life, and it still makes no sense to me. The co-ownership <laughs> seems to be. Yeah, no. It seems to be a. Um, Strictly a financial thing. Yeah. Like almost like an investment. Where, because I believe like the biggest one that I can remember is Domenico Berardi, Mm. uh, who was co-owned obviously by Sassuolo where he is, and Juventus, I believe. I'm looking it up. Um, Co-ownership. Yeah. He was on a co-ownership in 2013. He's, they signed him, co-owned, mm-hmm. uh, where he went to Juve full-time, then loaned back to Sassuolo, and then he just stayed at Sassuolo. Like, it's pretty much just, oh, if you sell the player, we get half of the transfer fee, but he gets to play for you yeah. for, for the rest of the, the, um, the season, or for the rest of his contract even sometimes. Um it doesn't make much sense to me. The only thing that's like, <laughs> it's like, um, what's a good way of putting it? It's like, it's almost like a loan where you get these great players, but you have to sacrifice some of the financial benefit at the end of their tenure. That's all yeah. it is. And Domenico Berardi is so good. I remember when I used to be a <laughs> Juve fan, um, I was just like, oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait until this guy puts on the black and white stripes. Like, yeah, he's so exciting. And then it just never happened. Tis a shame. Simone Zaza did, though. He came yeah. from the same team. Zaza. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 
it's wild. Now, I would love to jump right in because there's so much juicy, juicy gossip that became so, so real. Juicy. Uh, and I, I want to at least start this one because I know that you're going to want to finish it. Um, the big one for me, uh, just because we also have uh, a Tottenham friend in mine, uh, Tottenham desperate uh, for fullback in uh, Pedro Porro, uh, the Spanish right back from uh, that was playing in at uh, Sporting. It was a constant back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I think the the loan fee, five million euros, with I believe um, a buy option for I don't know, like forty five or maybe thirty five. Um, so eventually agreed before deadline, and sure enough, Sporting immediately uh, pop up with their uh, replacement for Poro in uh, Hector Bellerin from uh, lovely, lovely uh, Barca. And I, I know you want to you want to talk about that. What was the part that really got you? <laughs> it's just, it's so weird how like <laughs> Arsenal cut him loose for free. Just as like a, hey, thanks for your service at the club. Uh, just for him to go to Barcelona. Oh, what a dream come true. I'm, I'm back in my hometown. Like my youth team. Oh, finally. Only to play three times and then get sold. Um, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. It kind of drives me nuts. It's, it feels illegal. But... <laughs> It obviously isn't, because it happens all the time. I mean, we talked about Doherty, right? He he did it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. This shit driving me crazy. I mean, what was it? Like, he also had loan spells, I want to say plural, maybe, at Real Batiste. Right? He was sent out on loan through Arsenal. Was it Batiste? I, yeah, because I remember, because again, yeah. he has that like mullet and the mustache, and he does like a, he loves to model. And I must say, the uh, he made the um, was it? he he had multiple photos of him in the uh, like vintage Real Batiste jerseys, and they looked so good. Like I'm again just obsessed with vintage uh, jerseys, and I was like, God damn, he's modeling it. And I was like, Oh, he's oh because he's playing for them. I totally forgot that, that it was a whole loan situation. Um, I mean, seemed like he he got the fans behind him there. Uh, it would have been nice to see him cut loose and go there. You know, well, he wanted to. If yeah, I recall so I just, correctly, he really wanted to go there. I don't know what prevented just him. Didn't I? Don't remember. Neither so that's I. a shame. And now he's in now he's in Portugal playing for another uh, green and white team. He's going to be uh, like Danny Ings swapping uh, claret and blue for claret and blue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, started with claret and blue, dying in claret and blue. It's getting depressing for old Danny. Transfer window is such a whirlwind. I I mean, I love it. I I kind of like. It's an obsession. Do you love it? I do. I do. I will say I remember the most joy I've had in a, a in a transfer window. I truly remember. I was. I want to say it was in the summer. We were on a, I think it was, I was in college already, but it was summer and we were going up state for Matt to look at Buffalo. And I remember on the way up, I got the notification that Everton signed not only Mohamed Besic, 
but Romelu Lukaku, and I was so excited. Um, I've been chasing that high ever since, and it's yet to be be achieved, but I know it can happen. And again, we talk about magic of soccer, but there's also a little bit of magic when it comes to transfer windows, uh, bringing you players that you didn't think you would end up liking uh, due to absolute disappointment in a purchase, um, or being truly wondered that a fantastic player would come to your club. It's just like, I feel like right when you think, oh, there's going to be no more big transfers, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's cr- I was talking last week with my manager at work about like, oh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be like any big moves. I think um, Enzo Fernandez is going to be... Is that his name? Uh, yeah. He's going to be the, the last big move. There's going to be really nothing else is going to really happen right and then in the span of that you have like okay this may be bias because we're american but like you have weston mckinney going to leeds you have uh jao cancelo going to Bayern munich you got um kaylor fucking navas going to uh nottingham forest um sabitzer coming to man u Mark Albrighton, not as big of a thing but still like just the (laughs) fact that he's not at leicester anymore is insane to me yeah, and I was talking about this with my manager too, because him and Iosi Perez left Leicester, right? Yeah, which like yeah, okay, they haven't Perez. been using them as much. That's fine. Yeah, but you'd think in the position that Leicester's in, they would want to keep something because they don't. They didn't bring anybody attacking wise in, right? Oh, that's wild. I didn't. I mean. No, not really, but with Leicester City's midfield, I mean, they got their, yeah, Tielemans and Prate in the center. They have out wide. I mean, Harvey Barnes is a constant presence. Yeah, um, but who's behind him, you know? Harvey Barnes rolls his ankle. Who's playing? Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. That's what I'm saying. So, Let like, they're getting rid here. of this depth, and they're they're bringing in, like, Everything I've seen that they brought in are, like, defenders. Um, and, like, Tete from Shakhtar Donetsk, I guess, came in as a winger. But, I don't know. It's weird stuff like that happens. Um, Danjuma comes in. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. Whoa. Fabio Silva went on loan to PSV. Oh, wow. He was like hyped up by Wolves for years. Oh and never, yeah, never really was, got a shot. He's still pretty young. Him, yeah, they signed him when he was like what, eighteen or nineteen? Seventeen or eighteen, I think. Yeah. Oh, even younger. Yeah. Hey, good to go to PSV. What? PSV have been also loaning a lot of players. They got um, I know they have Everton's uh, Jared Branthwaite, and he kind of showed up. I'm like, I'm happy for him. I'm, like, ready for him to come back. A 20-year-old central defender could be really used right now. Um, Can you tell me why? (laughs) Sorry, I just got distracted. So, Darren Randolph. You know Darren Randolph? Everybody knows Darren Darren Randolph. Randolph. The goalie. 
he transferred to Bournemouth. Uh, so transfer market has him listed as Irish and American. Hmm. I had no idea about American. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't know where. Oh, his father is American. Mm. Uh, I mean, he played in the Irish Basketball League. Oh, okay. So there you go. Darren there Randall. You, go. That it, American I, you know what? I should have known. Should have known. I should have known that there was an Irish Basketball League and that, you know, he could have been American or something. He is American. Yeah. I, it's so I crazy. Know. I don't know. Then, he plays for the Irish football team. It's that's how it works. Now <laughs> he's not American. <laughs> no, he is. He's got the green, white, and orange. No, 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 no. He's either no, 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 he's no. either Irish or he's from Boston. He's not American. He's from Boston. Come he's on. He's from Boston. He's from. He's Boston. not American. He's from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just get progressively more Bostonian voices. He's from Boston. I mean, like. We talked about it a little too. Nottingham Forest adding to their like three three teams now of transfers. Oh yeah, within a An year, insane amount of pickups. John Joe Shelby, Kaylor Navas. Like, okay, we were talking about this before we started recording, but yeah. Dean Henderson's out six weeks. They can't trust. Um, Wayne Hennessy. Wayne Hennessy, for a couple games. So they go out and get. I mean, like to be fair, if you're going to go out and get somebody, you're going to get fair. one a world class goalie. You know, but at the same time, like we were also talking about this beforehand, like there's only so much a goalie could do. Yeah. And he's on loan. So now they're they're presumably when Dean Henderson comes back, they're number one and number two in terms of goalies are both on loan. Yeah. So what happens next year if they stay up? Hmm. I wonder who I'll buy. (laughs) I don't know. I mean. It's they're, they're willing to nab up anybody. I mean, at left back, you got Renan Lodi from Atletico Madrid. You just got another Atletico Madrid Brazilian defender in Felipe. Um, right back, they, they picked up Serge Aurier on a, on a free. Yeah. Um, they've also had Nico Williams, uh, who, you know, played for Wales in the World Cup and, uh, you know, still very young, but also a Liverpool right back who's, you know, struggling for minutes behind uh, Trent. Um, I thought the crazy thing was in in that uh, rush of transfers. I think in the summer, um, they signed uh, this Belgian player, um, Orel Mangala, and I think he played a couple games and then just went down. And I thought it was like almost ending season injury, and they just were like, "All right, we'll just get another guy." <laughs> Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> Crazy thought process. Insane. <laughs> we'll just get another one. <laughs> it's like what? Who owns like the that? amount. Um That's a good question. I just remember some um, Greek guy. <laughs> just makes me think of a uh... It's just too many players for one team. That's so insane. Yeah. One I think like the CEO or someone that oversees, like someone in a top position is like a young, like American that like made the big jump to Nottingham Forest and then was like awarded for like the best in his position. I think uh, at when they got promoted, 
Yeah. I don't remember the specifics off the top of my head, but I remember Men in Blazers mentioned it as like a, wow, you're doing amazing things, and now this is where Nottingham Forest are, and now they're <laughs> fucking bawling out. And uh, somehow. In. 26 players some, in. Yeah, it's, oh my God, 26. Two and a half squads. That's too oh much. Oh my God. It's yeah, and somehow it's still overshadowed by the purchases of uh, Todd Bowley and Chelsea. Oh, twenty six like in, plus five in that are loans. The twenty six oh was a full purchase. So thirty one. Yeah, thirty one. Oh my god, two, two away from three squads worth. And they've sold zero people in nothing January. Oh my and God. the only teams that they loaned, the only players they loaned out was three first-team players. Everybody else was an under-23. Wow. That's, I mean, it feels like they're they're going for broke. I said this speaking, before speaking we started doing this. Speaking as an fan with the fear. I don't know. Yeah. Before we started doing this, I did say... Um, I don't. I don't remember if it was to you or to one of my other friends or my manager. Or what I did it's say, good like to know you mix us up. They're too well. It was too long ago. Yeah, it, there's too much quality on this team for them to go down. They just need a little bit of time to gel together because they put so many new players together at once. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, many gel. of these guys are new and like have never played with one another, and you saw it. Like they were one of the worst teams in the first half of the year. And then, like, going into the World Cup, they started to put it together. And then now they're playing, like, um, a low mid-table team, I would say. Yeah. So I think they'll stay up. But, like... I mean... This is not... (laughs) They're going to have to sell half this fucking team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, like, probably hoping that somebody turns out to be a gem that they weren't thinking of fully keeping and willing to flip. I mean, it's like... It's like... uh, you're you're furnishing your own place for the first time and you're like, oh, I really like this coffee table. It's really nice. I really like this TV stand. That's pretty good too. And then you finally look at the room after you get all this furniture and you're like, wow, I should have planned this better. This, I just grabbed what I thought was really cool. Uh, I should know how to do this. <laughs> it's kind of scary just because it's like um, not we're not used to this caliber of uh, – signing happy um so it's like oh you feel bad because it's like there's no bad blood towards nottingham forest in the slightest i just you know immediately thinking again uh with the everton perspective in mind of like financial fair play and and uh the restrictions of spending and what could be as punishment whether it's point deductions or what and already you know not up there in the league it's like all right guys Good luck. I don't know what your plan is for the future. Uh, clearly, you're trying to do something in the now. I hope it's panning out. Um, but yeah, it's it's wild. And again, I, they're all solid pieces when you look at them separately. It's just hopefully Steve Cooper uh, can somehow bring it all together. Man, I don't know. That team makes my head hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wild hodgepodge of like opening your first couple of packs on the ultimate team and you're like all right i'm just gonna have to play with what i got let me just you know put, what you know 
Shinji Kagawa with uh, Shinji Kagawa Robin, just transferred with Robin Van Persie and uh, get Martin Skirtle in the back. Shinji Kagawa just transferred back to oh, really? uh, Japan. Hey, buddy, buddy. He plays for Cesaro Cerezo Osaka, who has oh, very Osaka. cool jerseys. You would like yeah. them. Yeah, you'd like I've them. Been, I was perusing uh, um, crests uh, for J- Japanese teams, and yeah. then I realized FIFA no longer has licensing to them. Like, Pez made sure to dominate that, which kind of made sense. Do you um, know the team? Kind of a shame. Nagoya Grampus? Grampus? Nagoya Grampus. What does Grampus even mean? I don't know, but they have a uh, orca on their crest. Can you name one wow. player or coach to come from that team? Because I'm about to blow your mind. Are you going to tell me Graham Potter or something? Um, a little better than Graham Potter. I was just thinking, I can't, I can't think of a player. So I'm it just is a coach. Managers. It is a coach. Okay, who is it? Ever heard of Arsene Wenger? <laughs> <laughs> oh. He went from Monaco no to Nagoya Grampus to Arsenal. How long was he there for? Just two, uh, from one year, one full year. One um, year, wow. What's that gig like? Damn, one year in Japan. That's pretty ballsy, so banger. He did it well enough that Arsenal was like, ooh, hey, we want this French hey, guy who went to Japan. Buddy, buddy, um, buddy, good over here. <laughs> but yeah, Japan uh, now has Shinji Kagawa of eating too much before a game and having to be <laughs> benched fame. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember that? No, I don't. Holy shit. He, he ate like too much. My- while he was at Manchester United, before a game, he ate too much and he had to be put down as an injury. <laughs> and not. I want to know what that meal was. Food. <laughs> that's like that's like the Brendan answer when we lived off campus because the stove top was facing away from the front door, and every time I would walk in and he'd be cooking, I'd be like, "What are you making?" And he would either turn around and go, "He would, I don't know," and shrug. <laughs> <laughs> or he'd say hamburgers, and he's, like, clearly, like, stirring a pot. <laughs> Brendan's <laughs> like it's... sneaky good at cooking. Like, you, it's... everybody knows that you're good at cooking. It's this, like, a well-known fact, you're a great cook, right? Thank you. Brendan is, like, sneaky good because he doesn't even, like, there have been times when me and Brendan lived together, and I would yeah. say, like, the, hey, what are you cooking? And he'd just be like, oh my god i don't know like he'd freeze in front of the stove (laughs) like he just woke up from a dream and he's like what am i cooking (laughs) obviously as a joke but yeah i guess it always looked doctors that's what the doctors asked shinji they're like what you eat he goes i don't don't know know. just too much just a lot of food (laughs) but i'm happy to see he's back in japan you know what the best news out of everything was though actually The two best bits of news came out of France. Ooh. Right? Do tell. Hakim Ziyech. What a fun transfer saga that was. Oh, Chelsea, yeah. Good. Chelsea Good sending stuff. the wrong information three times. Who did I send it to? Oh, man. So Chelsea sent the wrong document to PSG. Then they sent the right document but forgot to sign it. Then sent back the right document again but forgot to sign it again. 
And then they finally sent the right document, but it was too late, so they couldn't sign Ziek, PSG, on loan, um, which apparently pissed him off a lot, pissed off Ziek a lot, because I mean, he was in France, like, on his own dime. He paid for the plane and yeah. everything, very Peter Odom Wengi of him. Um, <laughs> I don't... Just ready at the bit. Yeah. I don't know if I fully trust... Like, there's obviously... there's. There's stuff coming out how um, there were like two other Chelsea players who were supposed to go to West Brom and Hull, uh, younger people, younger kids. Yeah. Um, they were supposed to go to West Brom and Hull, whose transfers didn't go through for very similar reasons. The story they're putting out is, oh, the lawyers were so busy with the uh, Enzo Fernandez stuff that they couldn't. Uh, like that, they made mistakes on these other transfers. That's I wild. think. That's nonsense. Uh, that they were trying to fuck over PSG. <laughs> I mean... At least in my head. It? That's more fun. Yeah, cause, but also, like, when you mentioned, like, the the transfers dropping for the, the two younger players, like... Yeah. Like, uh, Chelsea are the king kings of loaning players out. Like, they always have the most amount of players that are, yeah. like under 23 or like they're up to like 25 26 and still not able to break into the squad i'm thinking like lucas piazon or something uh dude was like attached marco van ginkel was another one like stuck under i mean de bruyne i mean you know played a little but you know was shopped uh mo salah like they've they've lost on talent but also like they've just kept people in the wings forever and then just let go story um, so for them to for them to like mess these two up, it's like, come on, you guys are you guys are better than that. Yeah, I mean, like, part of me wants to believe the story of like, oh yeah, the lawyers are just too busy, uh, but a very bigger, much bigger part of me uh, can't. I can't believe that. Nah, nah. Uh, and then the second story, which is my favorite, which is not transfer related. Uh, have you heard of the <laughs> club Rames? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of their manager, William Still? Yeah, I just saw that story. This, yeah, that is days. my favorite story. So, for those who don't know, William Still is a Belgian English manager. Um, who he was born in Belgium, but his parents are English. Who was raised in England? Sorry, uh, he was raised as a soccer player until like when he was 17 years old he was like he played football manager he's like no this is what i want to do um <laughs> and then became a manager he became he went into coaching he like went to coaching school and all that um became like an assistant manager for places then he became a manager um like i think a caretaker manager so he didn't need all of his badges or whatnot and then he became the full-time manager of rames but he still doesn't have his badges. So yeah. he <laughs> Rames every match that he's in charge and he does not have his license. Rames is getting fined 20,000 euros per wow. match. And he's doing well. I'm pretty sure like he was in charge of the team that drew PSG. Um yeah. and Rames is in like 12th place. Yeah, and it's the best making, story. Um, they got uh, Arsenal uh, Loney, Florian Balogun just uh, performing incredibly well. I think he's 
he's up around the, like the top goal scorers um, for the moment. Um, yeah, they look a they look a great team. Yeah, uh, social media has been really blasting his story as of late, which is really awesome to see. Yeah, it's just like a fun story. Like, there's not many like we always hear so typically. I mean, not not to say it's a bad thing, but we're we're so used to the familiar faces as managers. You know, there's always that round table of faces. So it's like, once you get like a new story like that, it's always exciting. Um, I can't remember the last like surprise manager that kind of wowed me in terms of story. I mean, Andre (laughs) Villas-Bosch. I mean, yeah, you know what? I would, I would agree to that. He was like 34 years old. Yeah. He kind of popped on the scene. Yeah. No, I agree with that. That's a good one. But, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, and with that, I feel like that's a smooth transition. You kind of into France shouldering, you're shouldering me into France. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, take it away. January, the January transfer window has come to a close. Uh, we've seen so many, uh, wonderful ones. We can only talk about so many. Um, and yet none of them of which have gone to Everton as of yet. We are bargain bin barrels, baby. Uh, looking for that Andre Ayu in the, in the, in the dust. Gonna clean that up and just gun it for glory. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, as we talk about, we'll still, um, we'll still be in France. Uh, as I bring up, (laughs) look at me go. Uh, so this past, uh, match week, we saw, um, hold on, where is my, yes, we saw FC Lorient, uh, beat Rennes 2-1, to one. uh, Troyes versus Lens adding, uh, ending in a 1-1 draw, same goes for Marseille and Monaco, uh, Nice and Lille, and 1-0 in favor of Nice, uh, Brest, 4-0 against Andrews. Uh, Claremont Foot and Nantes. Nance? Look at me go. 0-0 draw. Uh, Montpellier defeating Auxerre 2-0. Uh, Toulouse edging out a Strasbourg 2-1. to uh, Lyon uh, beating Ajaccio 2-0. And PSG and Rhymes ending in a 1-1 draw. Now, Peter. Peter. Peter, Peter, let me tell you, I actually enjoyed this game that I got to watch. I, I ended up picking um, the FC Lorient Stad Rene game. Hell yeah, uh, Lorient mostly, for some reason, yeah, always an exciting game, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I still remember. I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong. Oh yeah, you know what? I know I'm already wrong. I was going to say that they had Giroud, but no, I think he was a Montpellier guy. He was Montpellier, yeah. Um, I just remember FC Lorient always had a fish on their logo, and that always stood out to me. Because you're a big fisherman. Yeah, and I just love orange jerseys so much. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. (laughs) Big fishermen love orange. Um, (laughs) And... Just recently with the January transfer window, and despite uh, Everton not being able to sign anyone, they were constantly linked um, with wow. like a, a winger and a striker from Lorient. So I was uh, interested. I was like, you know what? I got to actually see these guys that we're m- missing out on. Um, what ended up happening, though, 
Because I believe they might I never have put left together that that's a fish. Really? Yeah, I kind of just like would scroll by it and be like, dumb, and then kept going. <laughs> On FIFA. Like when you're in the French League. Yeah. <laughs> Vito Manone plays there, though. Yes. And that surprised me as I watched this game. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's funny. I It threw me for a loop. Um, I was like, all right, go off. Let's see you. Because uh, he actually looked really good. I was like, good for you, Vito Manone. Vito um, Manone, Ma- Minnesota United legend. Yeah. Um, so, And I didn't know this going into the game, but this was kind of a derby. Uh, Derby de la Bretagne, um, but mostly as a regional um, thing, kind of, kind of like you know when Chelsea goes up against Fulham. It didn't seem like it was the main one, but because they're in the same area, um, and uh, as it started, um, there was a player that popped up first minute, taking a wild shot. Um, the announcers immediately. Uh, I didn't get to watch the pre-match, but they said, this is the guy that we've been talking about, you know, before the game. And I was like, who is this uh, Desiree Dewey? Nice. Uh, 17-year-old French talent. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So, again, we have a a promising young player uh, starting it off. Um, Ten minutes later, uh, Rennes give away. Uh, the defense just gives it up right to the offense, cut back pass to a shot, which I've realized, um, again, especially with Match Weekly, you know, getting us to, to watch more than our typical games. Uh, I am not used to how many back pass shots are made from, like, going all the way to the line and then passing it backwards into the box and then there being an amazing shot because the defense overruns it. Uh, I'm so thrown off by how common that is. Um, It goes to show you how well Everton are playing um, (laughs) because I've yet to see that happen. Uh, (laughs) um, First goal, we'll end up seeing in the 13th minute corner and just uh, the player Montessar Talby, just massive high jump unmarked. Like the guy was ready to go. Like he was ready to challenge anyone that came up against him. Nobody near him. So he was like, oh, that was a waste of a jump. 1-0, Lauren. Um, 15th minute, uh, Rens just seems like they finally woke up. Like those first 15 minutes were all Lauren. Um, you know, I forget immediately, but, you know, as soon as the game picks up and Renz has the ball, I'm realizing, oh, shit, Lovro Meyer is in this team. Like, that's how long it took me to realize, you know, my, my uh, lovely uh, Croatian compatriot, um, because they, he, they just didn't have the ball. And when they finally did, he was like the man for setting everything up. Um, he put a ball in the box, shot went wide. Um, there was a claim for a penalty. They were told it was offside to kind of discontinue the, the idea that it could even be uh, decided on. You know, just one of those late offside calls. I think it was wrong. I think it totally could have been a penalty. Penalty. Yeah, that, yeah threw me for a loop because uh, I had to rewatch it several times. And I was like, I don't know about that one. Um, Meyer puts in a couple distant shots. Ren's just poor defense going into like the close to the 30th 
Um, no real communication, it seemed. Like, they were, like, bumping into each other. You know where it's, like, one guy says, like, they're waiting for the other guy to say, I got it. You know, it was, like, the clashing of goalies and defenders. Um, and what ended up happening is, a minute later, counter for Laurent. Rene just break down their offense entirely. Uh, short passes on the left out wide. Uh, ends up to a player named Theo Labrie. Uh, just shoots it top left and goes into the box, and it's a goal. Um, yeah, Renz will, you know, try to show up, and then 45th minute, Lovermeyer ends up getting taken off. I'm like, how the fuck? Like, he looked like the, the best midfielder for them. I don't know if he ended up picking up a knock or something. Um, and four subs, I honestly, think, in total were made at the half. Honestly, maybe they could have even been like in discussions to get him out of there, you know, know, like to transfer him out and then say, Hey, let's pull him just in case Maybe nothing happened, you know? Yeah, that's true. That could definitely have been a thing, but yeah, I think four subs happened at the half, which again, very irregular, but as you say, because of where, where we're at in the transfer window at this time, um, second half starts, um, you know, Wren's just kind of crowding the box. You know, looks like they're building up to something, but nothing really happens. No real shot that's threat. Honestly, you, if you watch the highlights, I think almost all of Wren's uh, shots were glued to the floor. Like they just rolled across the grass. There was nothing Whoa. that got air. Ren- yeah. They had 19 shots? Yeah. So that's Not, dumb. Nothing crazy, though. Nothing that looked threatening. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, they'd eventually get uh, pull a goal back in the 72nd, build up uh, from the right, and uh, just kind of like a sliding shot from center of the box. The guy just slides in for it. Um, 2 1 Stad Rene, uh, you know, trying to pull it back against FC Lorient. Um, 70th minute or so, Stad Rene's uh, Sulimana. Uh, looking the threat out on the right wing, he ends up uh, not being able to add anything to it and jets off to Crystal Palace. <laughs> but um, the 90th minute, again, to remind myself that it is Vito Minone in goal, uh, makes a great save um, uh, against a header that could have tied it in the 90th minute. Um, and it ends 2-1 FC Lorient. And uh, great excitement uh, for this game, despite... Um, that they're not, you know, in a crucial position. But, I, I mean, I would say they're still pretty tight uh, in the top half. Stad Rene, fifth place with 37 points, and FC Lorient in sixth place with 35 points. Um, so they're getting the distance between themselves a little bit closer. Tight. Um, tight. Yeah, that was, the, that was the game I had to pick from France. It was a juicy one, for sure, and some familiar faces, a la Vito Minone. Vito Minone. Of Sunderland fame. <laughs> Sunderland fame of uh, Minnesota United, <laughs> Arsenal. You know? Oh, yeah, Minnesota. I forgot. He was a killer on Minnesota. It was awesome. The Minnesota killer. Yeah, that was his nickname. He was goalie of the year, I want to say, when he was loaned there. He Good took that Minnesota team um, that was not good before he got Let's, there. Let's bring him to New York. And he, bring him to New York. Bring him to New York. He'd fit right in. We need a fucking goalie, so. 
<laughs> we got two backups competing for the starting spot. This year's going to suck. Whatever. I want I want it's us fine. to pick up Vito Minone and just treat it like it's Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> just we like have, full Haven't American had an Italian, Italian in a while. Yeah, yeah, well. Vito just he's like, by the way, I'm actually not I'm actually fake Italian. I'm a, Italian American. Um full reveal. Mask <laughs> off. <laughs> he speaks English perfectly. No like, accent at all. <laughs> um I like pizza. Yeah, pizza's good. So how's the how's the actual table looking? Yeah, so um how it looks after that, I mean those two comfortably fifth and sixth. Um, after that, I mean, the order, PSG up top, Marseille, there's a little bit of the gap. Lens. How much is it? What's place. the gap between part PSG and Marseille? Five. Five points. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Lens just behind Marseille, though, with 45. Monaco, 41. Rennes, 40 at this point. Uh, Lille. And Lorient, we'll see Nice, Claremont Foot, Leon, Rhymes, Toulouse, Nantes, goes all the way down, and sadly Strasbourg, Auxerre, and Angers uh, fighting uh, relegation. But it's still early in the season. Maybe someone will do a little flippy doodad. Do one of those little flippy doodads. Do one of the flips thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. Hey, do it. Do that thing. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so where are we jetting off to next? France is done, my friend. We're going to double match week, Germany, Whoa, to the Bundesliga, the where there were some crazy results. Um, starting off in that first match week, round 17, you got Leipzig beating Schalke 6-1. Bayern and Köln drawing 1-1. Wolfsburg beating Hertha Berlin uh, 5-0. Hoffenheim and Stuttgart drawing 2-2. Dortmund beating Mainz 2-1. Leverkusen beating Bochum 2-0. Augsburg beating Gladbach 1-0. Freiburg and Frankfurt drawing 1-1. Union Berlin beating Werder Bremen 2-1. Then the next week, next match week, Leipzig beating Stuttgart 2-1. Give me more. more. (laughs) Union Berlin beating Hertha Berlin 2-0 in a derby. Mines beating Bochum 5-2. Freiburg beating Augsburg 3-1. Uh, Gladbach beating Hoffenheim 4-1. Uh, Werder Bremen beating Wolfsburg 2-1. Bayern Munich drawing Frankfurt 1-1 again. Sch- Schalke drawing Köln 0-0. And Dortmund beating Leverkusen 2-0. Now, I didn't pick any of the either of these games. But in the league... Bayern now has three draws in a row since coming back. Sorry, three 1-1 draws in a row since coming back. That's rough. Crazy. And I think in the last one, um, sorry, not the last one, the one before, they drew it in the 90th minute um, against Colm. Yeah, Kimmich scored in the 90th minute from from so far out. It was awesome. It was almost my goal of the uh, week, but oh, it was maybe 30 yards out. Absolute fucking ripper. It was dope. Absolute um, ripper. But but I 
did not pick that. I picked Frankfurt versus Freiburg because coming into this game, the standings were Bayern Munich, Union Berlin. I messed something up here. You might have messed something up. It was Bayern Munich, Union Berlin, then Freiburg, then Frankfurt, then Leipzig, then Dortmund. Um, okay. With Leipzig and Dortmund being one and two points behind Freiburg and Frankfurt, who were level on 30. Um, so it was a pretty big game. They big wanted game. to uh, come in and keep these positions because, like, from an outside perspective, seeing um, seeing these two teams being in the top four, seeing these three teams with Union Berlin as well being in the top yeah. four is so cool to see because you don't usually see that. Um, so they came in third and fourth place, Frankfurt and Freiburg, um, not in that order, but uh, ahead of Leipzig and Dortmund, and they were hoping to like stay ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they're not going to find themselves in those positions too often. Um, yeah. And they're, yeah, they're in a tight guarantee. chase. They would have been in a tight chase with Bayern and Union Berlin. Like, it was Bayern, Union Berlin, Freiburg, Frankfurt, but Union Berlin, Freiburg, and Frankfurt all level on points. All of them had 30 yeah. points. So they wanted to stay up in that position. Uh, Freiburg started the game off dangerously attacking the Frankfurt goal uh, where Deont Ramage, who is, I believe, 21 years old, and he's the Frankfurt oh, goalie, was for, <laughs> forced to make two saves real early in the game. Um, and it was only his second ever Bundesliga appearance, which was really cool. He, hey. he handled himself real well. He seemed very level-headed, very much like he knew what he was doing. Obviously, he's a professional. Um, yeah, big boy. But he did a real great job. Uh, Randall Kolomuani scored the lone goal in the first half after collecting a Mario Götze cross uh, with his back to goal. Mm-hmm. He kind of overran it at first, came back, recollected it, turned, bah! Beautiful finish, bottom corner. Uh, so that put Frankfurt up 1-0 going into the half. Um, that being said, relatively quickly in the second half, uh, Freiburg answered right back um, getting a corner kick real early that was almost cleared out but eventually put back in by Christian Gunter uh, that was headed home by uh, Matthias Ginter who was fucking like if you watch this over he was charging in like a bull just got on the tip of his head back of the net it was awesome leveled the game Uh, Freiburg kept making chances uh, at pulling ahead but Ramage and uh, just getting unlucky and missing the goal st- stood in their way of getting there. And uh, it ended up finishing 1-1, um, which is, you know, a good result. But it did them no favors as Dortmund and Leipzig won their games, which pushed them ahead. Union Berlin also won. Uh, Bayern, we talked about, drew. So if either of those two teams had won, it would have put them in a much better position. And then the next week, Union, Leipzig, Dortmund, Freiburg, Frankfurt all won, and Bayern drew again. So now, at the top, at this league, is a really, really tight race at the top, with um, Bayern Munich on 37 points, Union Berlin yeah. on 36, Leipzig on 35. 
Dortmund on 34, Freiburg on 34, Frankfurt on 32. And then after that, you have Wolfsburg, Gladbach, Leverkusen, Werder Bremen, Mainz, Köln, Hoffenheim, Augsburg, Stuttgart, Bochum, Hertha Berlin, and then uh, very lowly FC Schalke. Woof. Poor Schalke. Germany's a crazy league, man. Anything can happen. I mean, yeah, when I think of, like, the great of Schalke, I think of, like, Huntelaar and Raul paired up. Draxler. Yeah, yeah, Julian Draxler. Um, Sad. And, you know, Union Berlin are up there, but, man, I wonder what a a rejuvenated Isco could have done. Uh, Did you see why that fell through? Why? Why did it fall through? So East Coast team is like reporting that apparently they had a verbal agreement with Union Berlin saying, oh, this is going to be a deal until 2024. And when the actual okay. paperwork came in, it was only a six-month deal. So they started fighting over Whoa. it. And, Ber- and Union Berlin was like, fuck it. We don't want you. Get out of here. I mean, come on, man. The change? That's a big change. Yeah. That's a huge change. Yeah, that damn, that sucks. That's that's hard to hear. Poor Isco. Would love to Poor see Isco. him, you know, go back to his, you know, like. He'll be at Everton. Uh, I mean, they're desperate, so I wouldn't be surprised. We need we need some midfield creativity. Um, Honestly, I'd, get him in New I'd York. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Maybe he'd be. The <laughs> I. I wouldn't say no. That'd get be awesome. Him, get him in New York. He's like 30 years old. <laughs> I would never yeah. say no. Put it how, down. How old is he? He's got to be 30. 30. He's 30. 31. Yeah. He's turning 31 in April. Get him uh, in New York. Get him now. New York. Right? We, we need just need him. Just need him and Vito Minone and we're set. We do need a 10. And we need a goalie. Um, nah. But enough, <laughs> enough about the, the woes that is... Uh, teams that cannot sign the players they need. <sighs> let's let's jet off as we talk about East Coast country of Espana. Uh, um, going through the match week. Uh, we had a lovely couple of games. Almeria beating Espanol 3-1. to one. Uh, Cadiz uh, oh. beating 2-0. Uh, wow. Mallorca. Barcelona. Your first time. Not making the Cadiz nuts joke. That's pretty cool. This oh, is a I big know, moment. I was hoping you would say it, so thank no, you. No, no, no. That's your joke. I know, but I wanted to get you to say it. No, no, I no, did. No, no, I succeeded no, 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 because no, no, no. I knew you were going to call me out on it. That wasn't so, me, though. That wasn't me. Who was that? I don't know. I thought that was you. Oh, man, I thought that was you. I thought Shoot. it was you. I'm out here trying to read the results here. I, I can't look <laughs> at the cam. I can't do both, man. I thought it was you. <laughs> Quit fucking with me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Cadiz nuts beats Mallorca two nothing. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Barcelona beating Girona one nothing. Sevilla with a, a three nothing win over Elche. Uh, Real Betis beating Getafe one nothing. Valladolid uh, with a last minute winner against Valencia. Atletico Madrid edging past Osasuna one nothing. Um, Celta Vigo against Athletic Club winning one nothing, uh, a blank draw between Madrid and Sociedad, and Rayo Vallecano uh, beating Villarreal one nothing, 
And you better believe I went with the goalless wonder that was Real Madrid no, and Real no. Sociedad. Shh. Because no, no. already, already I was excited. I mean, Real Sociedad and the team that they have uh, is exciting. Uh, Fun. David Silva, Kubo. Um, <gasps> yeah. Your I boy. just realized. I just I what? like I don't know I didn't put together until you just said his name but Kubo's playing against <laughs> his quote unquote former club. Exactly. Thank you. There's there's a little bit of fun there. And then also I mean we fun. talked about uh who was it? The that awesome headed pass. I believe it was either Zubamendi <laughs> or Zubeldia. It, it was Real Sociedad. It, yeah. So it's a fun team and again they're paired up against Real Madrid. Um, they're very close in the top half of, uh, of the league table. Um, and it ends up zero, zero. Um, I'll just, I'll go through the quote unquote highlights of this, uh, nil, nil game. Um, you know, very close, very tight. Um, nothing really comes, uh, to action until the 17th minute. Um, I, I wonder, was Azier Ilaramendi also from Real Madrid? Ooh. I'm pretty sure he was also a Real Madrid player. Wow. The captain that, yeah, for he Sociedad. Was. Yeah. He was Sociedad to Madrid, back to Sociedad. Yeah. Young player that didn't pan out. Um, so, yeah, Ilaramendi, crazy nice shot, but it just goes wide. Um, ten minutes later, uh, we, we talked about um, the amazing... Uh, Zubamendi and Zubeldia. I'm pretty sure it was Zubamendi that made the pass. It was. Um, yeah, but uh, he gets a yellow card, hard tackle into uh, Ceballos, uh, not looking too pretty, uh, making it feel like a, like a, a, a dramatic derby with that tackle. Um, 32nd minute, uh, we see this awesome combination of passes between Vinicius Jr. and Valverde. Uh, to set up uh, Tony Cruz, and again, shot doesn't pan out. Uh, a couple minutes later, uh, Rodrigo, so now they're coming from the right side uh, with a back pass, shocker, uh, to Benzema. Uh, again, nothing. Uh, 41st minute, we finally see some retaliation for the uh, hard tackle earlier. Uh, Nacho will slide into the opposing box on Zubeldia, straight yellow. Um, just aggressive, aggressive, um, but trying to like recover from a pass. Um, and then 45th minute, you know, corner bounces out of the box, lands to the feet of, uh, Danny Ceballos long shot again, just wide. Um, and then just going into the second half, um, 48th minute, you know, kind of like to wake everybody up from the lull. Uh, of the first half, it seemed. Uh, Benzema passes to Vinic- Vinicius Jr. The shot just, you know, saved perfectly. Thank God. A minute later, though, um, Rodrigo would end up with a shot that just gets deflected uh, and goes wide. Um, and then the only real opportunity, I guess, that showed true promise for Real Sociedad was in the 64th minute. Kubo. Uh, would end up uh, with a nutmeg shot, just taking it and going right through uh, the defender's legs. Uh, I believe it was Rudiger, but would end up being saved. Goalie had a good sense of it. Um, 
And honestly, the last best highlight was in the 71st. It was just a Vinicius Jr. Uh, attempted uh, chip shot that was saved. Um, Nil-nil, um, upsetting to see. Uh, when you Again, you look at the lineups of these teams, you're thinking this is going to be a great match. We're gonna see, we have to see goals. Got uh, and nothing comes of it. Uh, and of course, uh, when you have the non-soccer uh, football fans, they're like, this is, this is why we hate this shit. Um, but it, it goes to show, um, that there could eventually be, uh, an aggressive leader in this league. Cause now, um, after that, uh, Barcelona, um, kind of solidifying their stance in first place with 47 points, uh, Real Madrid behind them now by five points. Uh, as they hold on to 42. Real Sociedad right behind Real Madrid with 39 points. Um, so the draw kind of favors that uh, gap that they have between each other rather than the loss. If only they could have won it, though. Um, Atletico Madrid, fourth place, 34 points. Villarreal, Real Betis, Real Valachano, Osasuna. Athletic Club uh, hanging in in ninth place. Mallorca, Almeria. Girona, Sevilla in 13th, Valencia in 14th. It's crazy to see these teams uh, in the se- in the, the bottom half. Um, Celta Vigo in 16th, Valladolid in 17th, and then 18th, 19th, and 20th are Cadiz Nuts, Jutafe, and Elche. Cadiz Nuts? Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, tied at the top. Um, I mean, oof, Elche have six points in 20th place. And 19th place is 17 points. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh the bottom God. half of that table is insane. Yeah, that hurts. Any but, Anybody but down there. it is pretty tight. I mean, Almeria has 22 points in 11th. Yep. And Valadoli, or Cadiz, nuts, is uh, 19 <laughs> points in 18th. I mean, oh, yeah, Jatafi 17th. It's still so tight. It's all so tight. Oh I mean, God. like, this is also the point. This is also the reason why people typically don't talk about um, relegation contenders until we're, like, eight matches out from the end of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, there's some teams that are the exception. Like, you know, you have Cremonese in Italy and you have uh, Schalke in germany where it seems like a foregone conclusion at this point um but you know for the most part these standings can jump around a lot this is the tightest relegation race we have i mean france it's pretty tight as well um but in spain it's literally anyone below 10th could drop which makes for fun viewing for a neutral Um, for watching the makes, demise of clubs and makes it very close to it. It's like giving me that Mr. Burns, just like yeah. I'm put the fingers together. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it makes for a very anxious viewing. If you're a fan of one of those teams. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd be stressed out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not stressed oh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But yes. Yes. We leave Spain in the state that it's in Barcelona, uh, the favorites as of now it seems like uh all of pep's buddies are just killing it peeps pep's peeps uh, whether it's arteta whether it's javi or uh, there's another there's another oh company 
yeah. misleading the championship with Burnley. Yeah, all of his uh, quote-unquote uh, protégés. Proto-Js. Proto-Jesos. Um, so, yeah, and we have to go all the way now to Italy. Peter, to Italy? What, what happened, man? What's going on? A lot happened. A lot happened. Ooh. You don't know how badly I wanted to do Hellas Verona because I thought they were going to... They're fighting this fucking charge. They, okay, so we just talked about really tight relegation races. Yeah. Complete opposite here. Um, nice. You know, I think we've talked about this for a while. The bottom three in Serie A is going to be uh-huh. the bottom three next week, at the very least. And it's been like oh. this for a while. There's been, um, I think the closest it's been is five points between uh, 17th and 18th. So, wow. you know, but Hellas Verona is in that 17th spot or this 18th spot right now. And they're really doing well, but they didn't win. If they won, I would have picked them, but I didn't. So we'll go through <laughs> this. But I did not. Bologna beat Spezia 2-0. Salernitana beat Lecce 2-1. Empoli and Torino played to a 2-2 draw. Inter beat Cremonese 2-1 after Cremonese started the match up 1-0. Hey. Atalanta beat Sampdoria 2-0. Sassuolo beat Milan 5-2. Monza beat Juve 2-0. Which is so crazy. Damn. Uh, Oh, good. My computer just restarted. (laughs) Um, The the page just refreshed, rather. Lazio drew Fiorentina 1-1. Napoli beat Roma 2-1. And Hellas Verona drew Udinese 1-1. Um, like I said, I wanted to talk about Hellas Verona. I said I wrote to uh, I texted you earlier in the week. I said, yeah. um, "Hey, if Hellas Verona wins, I'm picking them." They w- they started off real real great with a fourth minute goal, and then you know they're in the rele- well. relegation zone for a reason. <laughs> um, yeah. hoping they could break out. Uh, but Thanks I picked Sassuolo versus Milan because Sassuolo has looked like a shell of their former selves this year. And Milan is uh, contending for the title. Milan's in second place coming into this game. They, they wanted to really maintain it against Sassuolo, who is underperforming. Um, but they're trying to figure it out in the second half of the season just so they could stay out of that relegation battle that seems to be getting tighter and tighter. Um, Milan started off really early. Like, looking good with Giroud scoring a goal, quote-unquote, in the eighth minute. Haha, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it, it was offside. VAR ended up showing oh, it. Man. It looked a lot more offside than it actually was. Um, it was one of those ones where, like, you looked as like, yeah, obviously. And then they show the VAR, and it's like, oh, he was off by maybe two inches. <laughs> um, so Swallow then took that personally as Domenico Berardi goes on the attack, seemingly alone towards the Milan goal. Uh, and when he gets close enough, he uh, totally does not shoot and passes <laughs> the ball to uh, Gregor Defrel, who tapped it in, um, putting up the green and black team who were wearing white and green, uh, 1-0 at that point. Uh, Domenico thinks this isn't enough. And just three minutes later, he plays Davide Fratesi, through to score with a tight, 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 Ooh, tight, tight, tight near post finish um, for Sassuolo's second of the match, putting Milan in a very uncomfortable position early. 
Um, Milan comes back, however, with Giroud actually getting a goal for Milan just two minutes later, using his noggin to place the ball into the far upper 90. It was actually like a really awesome placement of a header. Um, but Milan didn't have to wait long for Sassuolo to answer right back with Berardi deciding to add his name to the score sheet um, by taking inspiration from Giroud and using his own noggin to score off a corner in the 30th minute, sending the match Pro into noggin. halftime. 3-1. to one. Hey. Uh, Start of the second half, Milan makes a big oopsie in the first minute <laughs> with Davide Calabria bringing down Armand Loriente, giving Sassuolo the penalty. Now, you'd think Domenico Berardi having such a great day, incredible day, like he's on top of his game, never played better in his life. You'd think they'd give him the penalty, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, Loriente takes the penalty and he converts it, bring their lead to uh, three goals ahead, four to one. Milan then scores another offside goal, this time with uh, Rebic doing the fake scoring. Uh, <laughs> Berardi then caps off his night with another assist, passing to Matthias Enrique at the top of the 18, who puts the ball past Milan backup keeper Cyprian Tatarunansu. Tat- Tatarusanu. Tatarusanu. There you go. Whew. These Romanian names are tough, man. Yeah, it's a little um, tough. For Sassuolo's fifth goal of the match, uh, Divac Origi makes sure that Milan goes away with something uh, in the match and scores an absolutely stunning goal in the 81st to give Milan fans something positive to talk about. Um, but it all ends Milan 2, Domenico Berardi 5. For some reason, I feel like Romanians wow. are always backup keepers. Every time I ever hear of a Romanian, besides Adrian Mutu, the only time I've ever heard a Romanian is a backup goalie. Yeah, I mean, what was it? There's, there was a Radu playing, I think currently at Inter Milan, he's like a backup goalie that gets like loaned out. Um, yeah. Milan then, is really missing Mike Magnan. Yeah. They're really missing him. And then I remember, um, I think Roma had a backup one in Labont. Was it Labont? Something like that. Yeah. It was very old. Juve um, had one for a while, too. Um, just, it's a common, it's just one of those common positions. Lorentu Branescu. Um, but wild. Wild score lines um, yeah. to begin with. And, like, it puts the league in a very... I feel like every week this league is in like a crazy the the top of the table besides Napoli gets really like shaken up. Like we had Inter losing to Empoli last week, which moved them from like third to fifth. Milan was in second, now they're in fifth. Inter's back in second. Um Napoli's now ahead by thirteen points instead of the twelve that they were last week. So it's like this, right? Napoli fifty three points. Inter has 40, and then you have Lazio, Atalanta, Milan on 38, Roma on 37. Then it drops to 29, so I'm not reading this, the points anymore. Uh, seventh place, Udinese, then Torino, then Bologna, then Empoli, then Monza, Fiorentina. 13th place, Juventus, uh, Salernitana, Lecce, Sassuolo in 16th place, really helping themselves out, Spezia, <laughs> and then... 
the same bottom three as last week, the same bottom three as next oh, week. Man. Hellas Verona, Sampdoria, Cremonese. Oh, Hellas Verona is five points out of safety. Um, but they're playing better every game, so I can't see them staying there. But what a fucking game from Domenico Berardi, right? Uh, three mean, assists. About before, too. Three assists and a goal. You, it doesn't get much better than that. He's an awesome player. to. He's always been one of my favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. During the Euro, during club games, like, he's awesome. <laughs> Sounds like you want to pick him for uh, uh, your player of the week. <laughs> I wanted to, but I can't. <laughs> the laws say I can't. Laws say I can't. Oh, I'll let no. you know who I did pick, though, if you want. I mean, that's where I was segueing. I mind. had a feeling. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take <laughs> Kareem Onisiwo, who had three goals versus Bochum. Hat trick. The laws dictate someone scores a hat trick. They have to be player of the week. Even though Domenico Berardi contributed to more goals and a beating right. of a better team. <laughs> uh, wow, you Kareem, seem so conflicted. I'm not conflicted. The <laughs> rules. There's, we set up rules for this reason. Um, we live in a society. We live in a society. Uh, but Kareem Onisiwo, I also like my goal of the week is from Serie A, and I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to double wanna, up. Yeah, no, I but see. But Domenico Berardi gets the honorary should have been player of the week. Uh, but m- the goal from Serie A was just too good. I can't double up on it. Kareem Onisiwo get your Mickey Mouse player of the week. So three goals against Bochum, not as good as four goal contributions against Milan, but still good enough for Peter's bullshit player of the week, Mickey Mouse Club. (laughs) Who's yours, Richie? Just angrily handing someone a a trophy. (laughs) Ooh, you know you got this on a technicality. Fucking piece of shit. Score more goals, bitch. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, looking through uh, all the scorelines that I had to deal with, um, yeah, there were there were some you know blips here and there of, of big scorelines, not not as uh, excessive as yours though. Um, but I would end up picking uh, my boy. We've we've spoken of him before, uh, Marcus Acuna um, for Sevilla, who as a left back and who had you know pretty solid um, time for uh, Argentina in the World Cup. You know you know he won a trophy. It's no big deal. You know. Um, and uh, there was a familiar face in this game, uh, Yusuf Nezri, who uh, Marcus Acuda would provide an assist for a lovely uh, lobbed cross, just like a perfect U-shape pass uh, to Nezri, uh for a header, and then also providing a goal of his own uh, outside of the box, a hard hit, looking great. Um I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan when a fullback can put in a performance like that. Um, just makes me miss uh, Leighton Baines just a little too much. Uh, and Luca Dean, how have you forsaken us? How have um, you? How have you? How dare you? How dare you? I blame it all on him, actually. I don't blame the board at all. I blame it purely on Luca Dean. Yep. Luke, it's your <laughs> fault. It's your fault, Luke. It's like you forgot his last name. You're like, Luke, uh, Dean? Dean. <laughs> God. Uh, it's yeah. a good one, though. Then, you yeah, got a good goal? Yeah. Oh, I have a great goal. Um, 
you know, I doubled down in my leagues. Oh uh, my God. Going back to Spain. But, but I had to pick the, the, the game, the goal uh, for the story going into the game. It would end up being uh, Kyle Lahren, the Canadian, now playing in Spain uh, for what? Real Valladolid. Uh, who are trying to make sure they gain any traction outside uh, of the relegation zone. Um, And the only goal of the game will come from Kyle Aaron. 90th minute debut winner. Like, great opening. Uh, uh, You know, starting his account for Real Valladolid in fashion. Um, I believe across kind of blipped his way he was on the right side of goal he looked at like he had no ability of truly keeping himself up at the point he was just kind of legs up i thought it was a header at first it would end up being his foot uh that was able to just put it right into the goal it was just perfect place able to contort the body appropriately while being incredibly unbalanced in the moment um and showing up for your new team. I, I couldn't not pick that goal. Uh, too good. Too good not to pick. Too good. I'm sorry. And I, I think good. that it's it's fair that you thought it was a header, because we were talking about this before, yeah. too. Like, when you watch the goal, there's, like, the sun, like, hits the camera right the over where he is. Like, right when the ball connects with him. And it looks like he's going for his head. Then you watch the replay, and it's like, wow, that's... uh. Really athletic of you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Kai. Good job, Kai. Well, Cy. Cy. Yeah, it's I know. C-Y-L-E. I know, I know, I know. Um, your issues. You're very Larry David about it. Hey, you know what that means. I'm going to write Seinfeld. Um, oh. <laughs> my goal was better than yours. Uh, oh, okay. I, I picked Victor Osiman scoring the opening goal okay, against uh, yeah. Roma from Napoli. Victor Osiman is fucking he's been on one this year. He's it's so good. It's he's so good. Mourinho like came out and was like, "Hey kid, yeah. I know you're having <laughs> a good year, but like don't go to the Premier League too early. Like the way you play won't fit there. So like just be careful about it." Free advice. Um he wants him so badly at Roma. Uh, oh, I'm sure. So what Cravacelia like crosses the ball in. This is so nuts. What he this guy has the coolest head in history. Oseman crosses the ball in. He's being double marked. Uh, instead of shooting right away with his head or something, he just like collects it with his chest, volleys it right back up to himself, and then drills it. <laughs> into the upper 90 near post, like tries to take off, uh, what's that Portuguese guy's name? Who's the, who's the goalie of Roma? Uh, oh, used to Rui be the Wolf. Yeah, Rui Patricio. Tries to take off his head. It is nuts. It is one of the coolest goals I've ever seen. Very cool of him. Very blue lock of him. We very got cool, it in the episode. Nice. Uh-oh. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Karumi Toma. You were gonna do that. <laughs> it was so wow, good. you set yourself up. I know he blue locked it the too. Self, that was the oh, self. The goals, are, the goals were actually very, very similar. If you look at the two of them, because um, this one, uh, Osiman bounces it off his chest, flicks it up with his foot before it hits the ground, and then drills it home. Yeah. Karumi Toma 
Wow. His goal was if if that wasn't a cup game, that was goal of the week. This man loves. This man loves his cuppies. Fake shot in midair, and then used the foot that he was fake shooting with to dribble the ball in midair, essentially, and then hammer it home very similarly. Uh, Karamitoma, man, I love you. Yeah. If, it, if I haven't made this clear, I love Karamitoma. He's the most entertaining player to watch, in my opinion. He really is. He really he's is. Awesome. Gotta, he's got to be mentioned almost every episode. <laughs> almost every episode. Yeah. He has the I'm spirit to, of Match Weekly. I'm trying to hang out with Matoma. Trying, trying to be to friends. Hang. Trying to be, be buds. <laughs> I want him to officiate my wedding. <laughs> Let's go back I in time. I would love to see that, yeah. I hope... Uh, <laughs> I hope to travel in time with you. Uh, wow. Yeah. I knew you were going to bring in Matoma, and here we are. Uh, the, the goals uh, were so goal. similar, Richie. <sighs> yeah. If I had to say one was better, Matoma's was better, just because of yeah, wow. he was way closer to goal. He faked out like three guys. It was nuts. And uh, Victor O'Siemens was really like... It's one of the most impressive goals you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, you sent me the video, I think, yesterday, and I, you're like, this is the goal. This is my goal. Yeah. <laughs> you it, claimed it like I, like I was going to take it from you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know the rules. <laughs> no, it was more along the lines of like, I just needed to share it with you. I couldn't yeah. wait. I got to get it off my chest. It's so good. No, no, it was beauty. Ed. We'll make sure for those of you that have yet to see it, uh, as soon as this episode is posted, uh, which, you know, should be by the time you're hearing this, uh, that <laughs> <laughs> that's how those things work, right? Um, but yes, uh, we'll have uh, as much footage as we can get of the lovely goals and events that have happened this past week. Maybe a few images of players in New Jersey's. Not Ooh, in New Jersey. In get New Jersey. They'll be in New Jersey. Pele with new friends in Leeds. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to take that one. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, you could reach us uh, at Match Weekly on Instagram or Twitter. And if you want to reach us an email, you know, send us a little message in a, you know, internet bottle. Um we will help comfort you uh, if your players uh, didn't go where you wanted and your team didn't acquire who you need. Uh, or if you want to console me, because I'm having a tough time, uh, Match Weekly, spelled M-A-T-C-H-W-3-3-K-L-Y at gmail.com, because I forgot about ease for a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> what are those? Um, yeah, so reach out. We'll do that. And on that note... Uh, I'm going to go dump some chemicals in a lake. Uh, Richie. <laughs> I'll smell uh, you later. <laughs> it's Gatorade. <laughs> I'm drinking too much of it. Um, so much Gatorade. All the Gatorade. I'm, I'm giving everybody free Gatorade. <laughs> All right, good.